perishing and evil fixing to take this earth over. Can y'all not see this? Can y'all not see this? This government we had before this administration come in, there was, there, there was just something that, it's just like evil just permeated. Evil just, I mean, homosexuality, all this stuff just come out of the woodwork. It wasn't no accident what happened up here with this school board. Y'all hear me? It wasn't no accident they tried to bring his spirit in here. They tried to bring that spirit in here to head off the move of God that's fixing to hit this this area up here. And God stood up against it. Because when I seen it, I went to prayer and started crying out. And I and see what y'all don't know is I got on the internet and I started contacting uh I contacted uh the ministerial association up here. I contacted uh the uh the thing about the school board. I wouldn't know when their next meeting was. But they had already had it and I and I found out over six hundred angry parents turned out and buddy, they backed down. But God's gonna establish a word in the work here. I'd have been right in the middle of the next meeting screaming. Screaming the word of the Lord if that's the way God had moved me, but I would have been taking a stand. People have sat back too long and let evil prevail. They've sat back too long and entertained evil. People that claim to be Christians have sat back. And I feel like I need a little bit of volume, son. Have sat back and let evil walk on them. They've let unclean doctrines. They've let doctrines that wasn't right. There ain't but one doctrine. Y'all hear me? That's the doctrine of Christ. That's the doctrine of Christ. You better be careful what you put on your television. You better be careful what kind of preaching and teaching you let come in in your home. Because the Lord told me, he said, any man, if any man come to your home, bring a doctrine of Christ. Don't you let him in your house. What do y'all think y'all are doing, y'all letting all these preachers come in your homes on TV? I warned, did I not warn people in Fort Payne? Warn them time after time after time. Quit listening to all these. Uh, there's some people get up morning, they'll turn the TV on, they'll leave it on all day and listen to these preachers. Just listen to them. Don't matter what they preach, don't matter what they stand for. The young, uh, the people not realize what kind of, what kind of doctrines and, and spirits and forces of hell they're releasing in their home. Just cause somebody's told the word of God or, or, or claiming to be a minister of righteousness, Jesus said they come as wolves in sheep's clothing. Did he not warn us? Did he not warn us these ministers had come? Did he not tell us in the word that there are apostles of light out there? That the angel himself can transform himself into an angel of light and his apostles are evil workers? And yet anything toads the Bible. Well, hey, man of God, how you doing? Good to see you, man of God. Good to see you, woman of God. You don't know how them people are living. You don't know what's behind them. You don't know what they're teaching. The Lord told me years ago. He said, "When you come in, there's see what y'all don't. There's a spirit world. Y'all know there's a spirit world. If God took scales off your eyes right now, you seen all the spirits and forces around you would scare you to death. It would absolutely scare you to death. All the forces of power and the evil and the spirits of hell that are right here around us in that spirit realm. And the Lord told me I, I couldn't even tell you what year, but it's been many years." He said, when you come in contact with the spirit world, he said, I don't care if it's the Holy Ghost. I don't care if it's witchcraft. I don't care if it's voodoo. He said, you come in contact with the spirit world, however you do it. He said, you're then open to every spirit in the spirit world. So when you receive the Holy Ghost, it opens you up to every spirit, good and evil. If you come in contact with the spirit of witchcraft or soothsaying, you're then open to every spirit, good and evil. Are y'all following me? And people don't know how to handle evil spirits. Y'all listen to the radio broadcast today. Man, the Lord had me get into witchcraft and soothsaying. 
and, and different evils that, I mean, there's ministers right now, people think are ministers of God. They're operating by spirits of soothsaying and witchcraft. They're ministering to people, laying hands on people and, and prophesying to them like it's the gifts of God. And people don't know any difference. That's what's so scary. People don't know any difference. People do not know the difference between a man or woman anointed of God and a man or a woman that walks under the spirit of soothsaying and witchcraft. I'm talking about, I ain't talking about somebody out in some other, I'm talking about God's people. They don't know the difference. And it's time to wake up. I'm telling you, it's time to wake up. Because the Lord's got him a mop. He got him a broom. He's ready to clean house, and he's already started cleaning the house. He started cleaning the house. I'm telling you, God's cleaning the house. That poem hanging back on that wall that my wife wrote after she had that visitation of the Lord on course correction. She saw a minister that if I named his name, every one of you would know him. She saw he, he, he needed a word from the Lord. He needed direction. It was for one of his kids, and he couldn't get it. And he went to a soothsayer, Sister Pat. Paid a soothsayer to give him a word. And let me tell you something. A soothsayer can tell you truth to a point. Because they got a spirit of divination. they got a spirit of divining. They can divine what's in your spirit. They can tell you things about you. If you don't know the difference, you'll think it's God. How many times you heard somebody say, Well, they read my mail. Boy, they hit the nail on the head. They can to a point. Did that woman in Acts 16, in verse 16, follow Paul and Silas and cry out, these are the men of the Most High God that show you the way of salvation? She had never seen Paul and Silas before, but she knew that much about them. That demon spirit in her knew that they were men of God, knew that they could show them the way of salvation. And finally, Paul got grieved. He didn't say one word to the woman. He didn't say one word to the woman. He turned, and the Bible said, and he spoke to that spirit. He didn't say one word to that woman. That woman didn't have nothing to do with it. <laughs> Paul told that spirit of divination come out of her. And it came out of her the same hour. Y'all hear me? It came out of her the same hour. People don't, y'all don't know the forces and the power Satan's turned loose to pave the way because he knows if we enter into what I've been preaching, that's reading this word's thoughts are hard. That's reading people don't like this word because I'm swimming upstream. I'm swimming against the tide. Everybody preaching one thing, but the matter's preaching something else. But I'm trying to get people to wake up. Religion is what rock people to sleep. I'm talking about people supposed to have the Holy Ghost right now. Most, most people that go in what they call these Holy Ghost services ain't nothing but a religious form. Ain't nothing but a religious spirit. There ain't no true worship. It's just all just, it's like somebody needing a fix. It's like somebody hooked on drugs. They go from one church to another church to another church to another church just to shout and jerk and jump and have somebody lay hands on them so they can feel good. It's just like being addicted to something. And God's going to put a stop to it. If I be a servant of the Lord, God's going to put a stop to it. God's going to break this religious spirit. 
I don't care if he's got to burn churches down. I don't care if he's got to blow them away. I don't care what God's got to do. I don't care if God's got to let the death angel visit. I remember the Spirit of the Lord fell on me one time, and the Lord spoke in a prophecy, and he said the death angel will visit and visit and visit and visit and visit and visit until I find somebody that's going to hear my voice and going to speak my word. He's talking about getting preachers out of the way. The Lord ain't going to let people that have no burden Ministers that have no burden keep preaching to his people because God's people are, God's people are dying. You hear me? God's people are dying. God's people are crying. They're hungry. They're reaching. We may not be doing it in an outward, but there's something down inside of people that really love God. They're crying. They're hurting. And they're saying, God, where are you? What's wrong? Where's the move of God we used to see? Where's the hand of God that used to work miracles and, and, and would bring deliverance? I grew up under it. I lived in it. 22 years on the, on the evangelistic field, I've seen people healed and delivered and set free on the mission field, every kind of miracle you could name, and preaching 30, 40, 50, 60,000 and see people come to Jesus and get saved. And then come back to this country and try to preach it's like you'd beat your head against concrete. There's a force that's come against God's people, and we got to fight. Y'all hear me? We got to fight. We got to fight. I don't fight to stay saved. I don't have to. You got to fight to stay saved and keep your salvation. There's something wrong with your relationship with God. You you are absolutely not got the right spirit and not got the right teaching if you got to fight to stay saved. Because you don't know if you got to fight to feel like you've got to fight to stay safe, then you don't know what the redemptive work of Christ done. God comes set you free. Unless you turn and go right back and start deliberately sinning, you are free and you will stay free unless, like I said, you go back out there and you start sinning. Now, you'll have to maintain your relationship with God. But you don't have to fight to stay free. You don't have to fight to stay saved. Well, Brother Matter Paul and all of them talked about fighting. They talked about fighting to grow in God and come forward in what God had said in the earth for them. But Paul wasn't talking about Paul said in, in uh, Ephesians 6 and 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He wasn't talking about fighting to stay saved. He's talking about fighting to come forth in what God had ordained for his life. You don't fight to stay saved. You do something wrong with you. It's a wrong spirit. It's a religious spirit. It's a condemnation of the devil that's come in to keep you beat down and keep you feeling like you can't hold your head above water. That's a religious demon. That's Y'all hear me? That is a religious demon. And a lot of people that claim to know Christ have got it. You need to, you need to find some good teaching. You need to find somebody to teach you how to hold your head up and walk up right before God. Get out from under that spirit of condemnation. Condemnation is the greatest weapon the devil's got. But to fight to grow in God and go forward, yeah. Because what did Jesus himself say? The kingdom of heaven suffered violence. And the violent going to do what? Take it by force. The devil ain't going to sit back and let you get Christ formed in you. And let me just go ahead and put this in here while I'm aggravating everybody and stirring them up and making them mad. When folks get saved, you ain't adding them to the kingdom of God. Oh, 
Brother Meadow, did you really say that? Yeah, I did. The kingdom of God is Christ being formed in you. It has nothing to do with a person getting saved or not getting saved. When souls are saved, they aren't added to the kingdom of God. Well, I'm probably going to get a lot of emails off of that, but that's all right. The kingdom of God is Christ being formed in you and you taking on His nature, His mind, His spirit, His compassion, His mercy, His forgiveness, plus His power and authority. That's what the kingdom being revealed in you is. That's what, yeah, that's what Jesus said when He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He come demonstrating what the kingdom was. What did He do? He was moved with compassion. But then in the same right, He turned around, healed them, delivered them, set them free, and made them whole. But yet that love and mercy and compassion that was in him, took him to the cross to die for him. You don't add souls in the kingdom of God because somebody gets saved. So let's fight to grow and move forward and get the kingdom revealed in us. That's what you're fighting for. You're fighting for Christ to be formed in you. You're fighting to come into a, a, a realm in God that Christ can come out of you. That he can radiate out of you and help people. If you fight just to stay saved, you need to come to the altar and pray too and get this old spirit of condemnation off of you. Because it's got people bound. People are always feeling like they're having to fight to stay saved. They're bound by a religious spirit. And it keeps them from seeking God for anything else. See, people don't have no idea the religious spirits that are out there. I told my wife years ago, I said, a religious spirit's the most dangerous spirit anybody can ever be attacked with. You know why? Y'all pay attention to me. Look at me right here. How many times have y'all seen me do this here and in Fort Payne? Put my feet right here, point them right toward the door. I walk like that, I'm going to hit my mark. I'm going to go right out the door. Turn them that far, Sister Pat. One way or the other, just that far. Every step I take, I'm off track. I'll never hit the mark. Devil don't have to bring a doctrine of deception to you to destroy your God. All he got to do is get you off track that much. All he got to do is get you focusing on your own hearts and desires. Get you focusing on something that's not his will. Get you putting your energy, your finances, your... Get you just that far off track. That's all it takes, this case, just that ball track. I stand right here and point in feet right there. I'm going to hit that mark. I'm going to hit that door with just that much. And every step I take, I'm getting that much further off course. That's all the devil's got to do, just get you that much. Just that much. Upset you, confuse you, aggravate you, and cause you to back up on your relationship with God. Just that much. That's all it takes. Just that much, son. That will mess you up. Who you listen to, who you let prophesy to you, who you let lay hands on you, makes all the difference in the world. Because some people ain't got no business preaching. Some people ain't got no business ministering to you. Because they're going to minister to you out of their own heart. They're going to minister to you for their own personal gain. And they're going to minister to you to get you off track. Y'all hear me? 
they're going to minister to you, get you off track. Makes a difference where you put your finances. And I know people don't like to hear me talk about finances, but I'm going to tell you, you go to Acts the 10th chapter when the angel of the Lord appeared to Cornelius. He said, your prayers and your giving have come up as a memorial before God. Your praying and your alms, your giving, everything you've done to help my people. Because Cornelius didn't know about Jesus. He loved God. He wasn't a heathen. There's a difference between a Gentile and a heathen. You know, I always thought all Gentiles were heathen. Till the Lord visited me and said, no. Cornelius was a Gentile. He was a Roman. He was Gentile. But yet he loved God. God had done something in his life that he sought after God. He wanted to know God, but he didn't know who Jesus was. But when that angel come and appeared to him, he said, Cornelius, he said, thy praying and thy giving, all the good you've done, all the, everything, he said, it's come up before God as a more. You think about a Gentile, don't even know Jesus that everything he'd done, all his prayers, had come up before God as a memorial and stood before God as a memorial in heaven when he didn't even know who Jesus was. And God had enough mercy and compassion on him that he dissed him. He said, get a couple of your soldiers and send them over here to the seaside to a town called Joppa and find you a man named Simon the Tanner. He lives out there on the coast. And said, have him go inquire about one named Peter that's staying with Simon the tanner who lives on the seaside. And that's the way I want to see God move. And when God spoke that to Cornelius, Peter was up on the rooftop praying, went into a vision, and the Lord showed him the sheet coming down three different times with unclean animals in it. And every time it come down and opened up, he said, rise, Peter, slay and eat. He said, not so, Lord. He said, I've never been a partaker of anything common and unclean. And then the Lord spoke to him and said, what well, I've cleansed. <laughs> said, Peter, I'm cleansing Gentiles. Woo! My blood's cleansed them all. Said, don't you call them common or unclean. He said, there's some men come to get you to go with them. Said, they're downstairs right now knocking on the door. Said, go down. Go with them, doubting nothing. And that's the God I'm talking about. That's the God I'm talking about. Y'all remember when we was in Fort Payne, God spoke to us and said, I'll wake you up 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Speak a, a name, an address, maybe even a phone number. He said, and I'll have you get up and go somewhere. And he said, you may drive two or three hours, but when you get there, he said, there's going to be people gathered together. And said, you're going to preach to them about Jesus. You're going to have souls saved, deliverance, miracles. And said, I'm going to move before the devil even knows what's happened. My God will do that. My God will do that. See, we've not seen God move like the God of this Bible. I told people in Fort Payne 2010, I said, I'm going to find the God of that Bible. Let me tell you something, I found him. Now he's revealing himself. Now, we, if y'all will follow my instruction, you'll pay attention to what I'm telling you. Well, I know Brother Metter meant well, but he just don't understand my heart. Now, Brother Metter understands your heart too well. <laughs> That's the reason the Lord gave you instruction to do different what you want to do. God don't care about your heart. He don't care what you want. God put you in the earth for his will. Y'all realize that? Y'all see that lady right back there? That right back there on the back row? God made her just for me. God made her just for me. 
because he knew this word in his spirit is going to get my soul in these last days. And guess what? She's going to share in it. Y'all think I'm bad. Y'all think I'm an unstoppable force. Don't get both of us stirred up at the same time. The word of the Lord's in both of us would be too much to handle. See, God made her just for me. It's time to get ready. Y'all hear me? The move is on. Oh, my. Whoa. I'm telling you, the move is on. The move is on. But listening to the wrong words, being made a partaker of the wrong spirit, have somebody lay hands and prophesy to you that does not have the right spirit, can either wreck your life or get you off course for months and years to come. It can happen. Right before I met my wife, she was in a church, and that lady would prophesy to people in the church and pray and try to get them married. She prophesied to my wife. She was supposed to marry a certain young man in the church, her 17 years old. And just about, I mean, put my wife through hell. Had her wrestle against forces and spirits. She didn't She didn't have no affection for that young man whatsoever. And finally, she told her mama, she said, I ain't doing this. And her mama went to the pastor and talked to her. Well, if, if she don't love him, love him my foot. She didn't. See, that kind of a spirit could have shipwrecked her life. That kind of spirit could have destroyed the call of God on her life. You don't know the underworkings of Satan. You don't know how Satan's working to keep you from coming forth in what God's ordained for you. You better thank God today you got on this word. The day I called you and asked you about being in this church, the day God put a blessing on your life. Because it's going to cause salvation to come to your household. That's thus saith the Lord. It's going to visit your daughter, it's going to visit your son, and it's going to visit your grandchildren. And God is going to move for them in a great way. You just you can write it down. Y'all hear me? The day y'all walked in church in Fort Payne, Alabama, or walked under my tent in Calhoun, you better thank God you come in contact with this word. You better thank God, Sister Kathy, the night you come to that home prayer meeting, that God touched your life in such a deep way. Because, see, this is truth. No matter how odd it seems, no matter how strange it seems, no matter how off the wall sometimes this word seems, it's truth. And when God reveals it in you, you better take hold of it. You better take hold of it. Yes, ma'am. One thing about it, if I tell you something about the Spirit of God, you can take it to the bank. You can take it to the bank. You ever seen it miss? You ever seen it miss this, Deborah? Told you something. Sister Kathy's Friday night. Next morning, God brought it to pass. Time after time, this word don't miss. You can take this to the bank. I may miss his timing sometime, but I won't ever miss his will and what he's going to do. I may get a little ahead of him sometime. But I will never miss what he's going to do. You go back and listen to that prophecy from July where the Spirit of the Lord fell on me and Brother Michael's house and the Lord spoke and said, I'm getting ready to take you in the days of the turning of things upside down. August, April 25th of this year was in Thomaston, Georgia in that three days prayer meeting. 
the Lord spoke, you are entering into the days of the turning of things upside down. This is what God spoke right here. I'm fixing to read it out of Isaiah 29. Y'all with me? I don't. I, I hope y'all can hear me because I can't hear myself. Can y'all hear me okay? I definitely can't hear myself. Show him where that monitor button is and maybe just turn my monitor. You don't have to turn the mains up, but turn my monitors up. Maybe just to help me. And sometimes I, that's, that's better. Sometimes I get in this spirit, and it doesn't matter what you do. I ain't going to be satisfied no how. All right, let me see where I want to start. Isaiah 29, I think it's verse 13. Y'all there with me, let me know. Wherefore, the Lord said, For as much as his people draw near me with their mouths, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Now, here we're talking about ministers. Ministers ain't got wisdom anymore. They ain't got a word to help people. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. And they say, Who seeth us and who knoweth us? Verse 16 of Isaiah 29. Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing framed say to him that framed it, he had no understanding? So God's not going to do what you want him to do. Don't get mad at God and ask God why he's doing the things he's doing in your life. It ain't none of your business what God's doing and why he's doing it. You ain't got the right to say to the creator that created you, why are you doing this in my life? God knows what he's doing. How many of y'all believe God knows what he's doing? You may not like it, but he knows what he's doing. Amen? He knows what's best for you. I don't know if y'all remember or not. Some of you will and some of you may not, but... When I grew up, they had a show called Father Knows Best. And he was always doing things that his kids didn't like. But they found out that Father Knows Best. Amen? Well, let me tell y'all something. Father Knows Best. He knows what you need. That's right. That's why he's brought you under this word not to rock you to sleep, not to satisfy what your flesh wants to do, but to prepare your soul for a visitation of the Spirit of God that's going to rock this world in these last days. God's getting you ready for it. See, some of y'all, you can't imagine yourself ministering like Peter. You can't imagine yourself walking the street and your shadow healing the sick. You can't imagine God moving through you like that. You can't imagine somebody falling down, breaking their neck, like listening to Paul preaching. Paul went down and fell on the young man. He is dead and his neck was broke. And Paul said, don't worry, he's alive. Y'all can't imagine God visiting you like that. But see, I can. I can see God visiting you like that, whether you can see it or not. I can see what God's prepared for you 
and I'm trying to wake you up and get you ready and show you that the greatest visitation that's ever come to the earth that no generation has ever had is now fixing to fall on us. It's now coming to us because the Lord said it's going to come to pass that I've already given you the form of rain moderately. He's already given the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. He said, but that's all people have had. He said, now I'm going to cause come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. That first month is a sign of a new beginning. God has started something new in the earth. I don't see nothing. You ain't looking with the right eyes. That's why he said, having eyes to see, you see not. Having ears to hear, you hear not. He's speaking these things to us, but we can't really grab hold of what God wants to do in our lives. I remember when the Lord gave my wife that visitation on the course correction. The Lord took her out in the vision the end of that day. She said, my God. She said, I see people walking on water like Jesus. She said, I see people walking. She said, man. She said, I see people walking on water just like Jesus. Why? The ministry of the Son of Man. The ministry that Jesus had and he walked this earth is now going to be revealed in us. It's now going to be revealed in us. Are y'all following? See, you can't you can't imagine yourself, the Spirit of God, coming on you, you walking across the body of water. You can't imagine it. But see, I can. I can see God wanting to use you in that way. Somebody used to go to our church in Fort Payne uh, that was there with me and worked with me for a long time until he let the devil cheat him. God put him with me. That man could discern my spirit, knew what I was going to do under the anointing, and he'd be right there to help me. And he let the devil cheat him. Got mad and quit church. But he'd come to me one morning. He said, Brother Matter, I had a dream about you. I said, okay. I said, what'd you dream? He said, me and you was in Israel. I said, really? He said, yeah, I was walking the streets of Israel. And he said, your shadow was healing the sick and raising the dead. But the Lord wasn't talking about literal Israel. He's talking about spiritual Israel. Healing the sick and raising the dead. And the Lord said right there in that, in that word, same word God prophesied. That pastor of that church had the Lord visit him just three or four days or a week before I come down there. He said, I'm going to proceed to do a marvelous work and a wonder. Right there in them scriptures, same scriptures. Talks about God turning things upside down. He said, I'm going to proceed to do a marvelous work and a wonder. You ain't going to believe it. So somebody tells you. People going to come tell you. Say, my God, Sister Pat. Said, you ain't going to believe that. Man, I was in a service up in Blue Ridge the other night and said a thousand people come up and the Holy Ghost just fell on them and God changed them and said they were five hours baptizing them. You ain't going to believe it. You ain't going to believe somebody come tell you in one service a thousand people got saved right up in Blue Ridge, Georgia. You ain't going to believe that the Spirit of God moved and, and people just crowded the grounds around the little old church down in Cardike on the edge of Garland Drive and 500 people got saved because the Holy Ghost fell and they repented. This has got to move we're entering into. This has got to move we're entering into. There ain't never been nothing like it. And God said, quit looking back at the times I've moved. Quit looking back at the days of old. 
You remember that spirit fell on you, son? I mean, he spoke it. God spoke to that young man right there. He said, y'all y'all keep looking back to the days of the healing revivals, the things I've done. Things God's done, he'd have dropped the bucket. Now what he wants to do? Why? Because that was a portion. This is going to be the fullness. You believe you got a earnest of the measure of the Holy Ghost in you? You believe that? You believe all y'all believe y'all got something in you? But see, it ain't just a it ain't just a portion of what God wants to put in you. Can I get y'all to understand that Jesus walked this earth? He didn't have the fullness of God in him. He didn't have fullness of God in him. Until after his resurrection in Matthew 28 and 18, he said, Now, all power in heaven and earth is in me. If he had the fullness of God in him, what was God going to work in him when he, when Paul wrote in Ephesians 1 and 20 what he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead? See, when Jesus walked this earth, he didn't have power over all principalities and powers. He didn't have it. He had power over natural death, but he didn't have power over spiritual death. But after his resurrection, he had power over all principalities, all power. The Bible said he's sitting on his right hand far above all principalities, powers, dominions, everything. He got power now over things in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. He got power over what goes on in hell. He got power over all the demons. He got power over everything in earth and everything in heaven. He didn't have that power when he walked the earth as a man. And now that all power in heaven and earth dwells in him, he is ready to send this Holy Ghost back like he's been telling us he's going to send back. It's going to give you that same power. And when I stand here and tell you that nobody, not even Jesus himself, has ministered on this earth in that anointing, can you grasp hold of what I'm saying? Because he didn't come back and minister on the earth like he did when he walked as a man down here. Can you follow that? That now all power in heaven and earth is now fixing to descend in us and we're going to preach like no other man has ever preached on the face of the earth. And this is where the saying is going to be brought to pass when he said in John 14 and 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also and greater Works in these shall he do. Why? Because he went to the Father. He's with the Father. The Father's living in him in the fullness. Can y'all understand that in the body of Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead now dwells bodily? Can y'all understand that? Are y'all with me? Whose body does he dwell in? Jesus. So the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in Jesus. So that wraps up your water name baptism right there. <laughs> that wraps up the water baptism right there. Because he got in one. Man, he got double mint beat. <laughs> Sometimes I just feel good. <laughs> so that power that now dwells in him they're going to dwell in us in greater works. There ain't going to be nothing impossible. Nothing impossible to him that believeth. That's when he said, if you believe, you can say this mountain. 
y'all ever get in a good spirit of prayer and go out and look at a mountain and tell it, get out of your way? Tell that sycamore tree to get out of your way? Tell God to do something you just knew you didn't have the faith for him to do, but you did it anyway. You said, well, Lord, the Word says, believe and doubt not in your heart. You say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou set in yonder place. Y'all ever read that in the Scripture? You've tried it, too. Tell me you hadn't tried it. I've tried it. It didn't work. But it will at the right time. It will when this comes in. Why? Because all power in heaven and earth will be right here. It'll be right here. But I saw the Spirit of God this morning. I saw the Spirit of God begin to fall. And I saw that Spirit of Elijah begin to be poured out on this younger generation. Y'all realize what kind of word God's revealed in this church? Y'all realize what kind of revelation of the word God's brought in this church? When God spoke to me up there on that hill on March 8, 2017, He spoke to me about the testimony of Jesus Christ. And then it wasn't too long, He spoke to me about the spirit of prophecy. He said, people, people don't know the difference between the gift of prophecy and the spirit of prophecy. And every time the Holy Ghost moves, or what people call the Holy Ghost moves, and it gets on the young person, and they'll cry or shout or their lips will begin to stammer and quiver. Somebody will holler, well, you said it'd come past in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. They ain't spirit God's going to put on your grandkids this past. He's going to put the spirit of Moses. He's going to put the spirit of Elijah on your grandkids. Those that are called and chosen of God. He's going to put it on them. And they're going to stand and speak like a Moses. And they're going to stand and speak like Elijah. They're going to prophesy signs in the heavens above, wonders in the earth beneath. They're going to prophesy fire, blood, and pillar of smoke. They're going to prophesy because that's the Spirit's fixed to follow them. It ain't the Holy Ghost like to pour that on the day of Pentecost. It's the Spirit of prophecy fixing to follow them. Why? It's what God said. It's what God said. In that meeting in October in Fort Payne, the night you were there and the Holy Ghost fell, God said, this is the Spirit I'm going to pour out on my sons and daughters. Spirit of Elijah, Spirit of Moses. What Spirit is it? Same Spirit as in the two witnesses in the book of Revelation 11. I ain't going to get too deep over y'all's head. But see, we got things coming that our eyes ain't seeing. We got things coming our ears ain't hearing. Our heart's not understanding. We're not fighting to take hold of this. You got to fight to take hold of this. I'm telling you, I saw the Spirit of Elijah Get on people and God start prophesying things that's going to cause grief, going to cause hurt, going to cause upsetness, going to bring the vengeance of God on this generation. And y'all think God just going to pour out a spirit on our young people that they're going to run around talking in tongues and shouting. No, he's fixing to pour the spirit of prophecy on us. He's fixing to pour the spirit of prophecy on some of us. If I be a servant of the Lord, the spirit of prophecy is fixing to fall on you. That's what I saw when I laid hands on you. I saw that spirit of prophecy. You talk about a woman that the word of the Lord in her is going to be precious and people are going to seek for it. Better stay with us, Sister Deborah. The Lord put you with her a long time back, told you. Just because it didn't come to pass right then. See, that word's in her. It's pure, it's clean, and it's powerful. And don't you ever doubt her. One thing about Brother Justin back there, ask him. Ask him. So if Sister Lee's ever starts praying about somebody, you better, you better batten down the hatches. You better hide and watch. 
Because he's seen her start praying about something less than 48 hours, but he got to do it more than once, hadn't he? I mean, it wasn't that long back. She kept telling him, said, boy, you ain't got no business up, Ringo. She kept telling him, said, that job ain't right for you. They ain't doing you right. He was in the house. She told him. She said, I'm fixing to go to prayer about it. How long was it before God moved? A week? Two weeks? A week? He working down here in Elijah. You know why? She got in prayer and she told the Lord. Am I lifting her up? No, sir. But I've watched that word work in her. I've watched God bring her forward. I've watched God bring her out of a spirit of depression that would have destroyed just about anybody else. I watched her fight her way out in prayer and seeking God. Come out of that depression where that spirit had her bound. God didn't let me see it. I didn't lay hands on her. She fought her way out in prayer and seeking God. She got power over that thing. She got deliverance in her life now. She ministered to people for a listen. But when she goes to praying, that's the reason I stay on her good side. When she goes to praying, y'all better pay attention. Why? That spirit of prophecy, that word of the Lord's in her. That word of the Lord, that word of the Lord's in me. I didn't put it here. I will have no control over it. But when it stands up me and speaks, better pay attention. Don't ever take this word casual. As much as you love me, as much as you enjoy my friendship, as much as you enjoy my company, don't ever take this word casual. If you do, it'll hurt you. Because this thing comes straight from heaven and drops in my spirit. And the Lord told me this morning that spirit of Elijah just fixed a step on the scene. He said, suddenly, when I was right here on my knees, what did I see? I seen that thing suddenly step on the scene. The word of the Lord began to speak. Go back, go back and check the prophecies. Go back and check the word from March 2017. I saw suddenly, suddenly, what did the Bible say in Acts 2? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Did it not? Did it not say suddenly there came a sound from heaven? Did it not say in Malachi 3? And he said, suddenly the Lord shall come to his temple. This is the temple of God. This temple of God. He said, suddenly the Spirit of the Lord will come to his temple. He wasn't talking about back in the book of Acts. He's talking about now. Because when he comes in this time, he's going to come and abide. You know, for years, people would, they would wait for the anointing to come and the Spirit of God to come upon them. Y'all hear me? The Spirit of God would come upon them and God would use them greatly, but then the Spirit of God would lift off of them. The Spirit of God would come on Samson. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came mightily on Samson. He took a job on the ass, killed a thousand men, and then like died of thirst. So the Spirit of the Lord had come upon them. But now the Spirit of God is going to dwell in us. It ain't going to leave. It ain't going to leave. Do you know when Jesus come out of the wilderness in Luke 4 and he sat down in the temple and they delivered unto him the scroll of the prophesied this and he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Well, it ain't upon him now. The fullness of it dwells in him. <laughs> it ain't, it ain't going to be upon us now, Sister Deborah. It's going to be in us. It's going to be in us. It's going to be in us. Go ahead and read Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. See it come up on you. 
It's like it come up on men of old. But now, it's going to live in us. It's going to live in us. It's going to live in us. Amen. It's going to live in us. There's coming a day we're going to be full of the Holy Ghost. I don't know, somewhere when Jesus was walking this earth, the Spirit of God may have filled him up. But at first, it was just with him. At first, it was just with him. Because he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. Read the book of Acts. On the day of Pentecost, God filled them. In that upper room, God filled them. Read about all the other times. House of Cornelius. He came on them. Different places, the Holy Ghost came on them. But it filled those apostles. So there's a difference in what you know, what you believe, where you are in God, as to what God can work in you. And I hope that ain't confusing, but you got to be at a, a place for God to come in you and indwell in you. He can work with you and He can be upon you, but then there's got to come a place you can come a vessel and He can live in. Am I making sense to you? Well, Brother Matter, I believe the Holy Ghost comes on you and you're going to speak in tongues. Okay, that's good. I ain't got no problem with that. Are you going to use Acts 2 as a standard and not use Acts 19? Because when he baptized those 12 at Ephesus, the Spirit of God come on, they speak with tongues and prophesy. I'm messing with you now, ain't I? But we're in the days of the turning of things upside down. I'm telling you, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Don't let the enemy get your mind. Don't let him get your heart. Don't let him get your spirit. And don't let him distract you. Because we are flesh. We are human. And it don't take that long for our emotions to kick up. And buddy, your emotion kicks up and you move in your emotion without the leadership of the Holy Ghost, you can get in trouble quick. And all of us do it. If you don't develop a prayer and a relationship with God and let the Spirit of God begin to order your steps, something move, and buddy, your emotion, whether it be anger, whether it just be something you want to do, whether it, it don't matter. We cannot be governed by emotions. We've got to be governed by the Spirit of God. We've got to let the Spirit of God govern us for the more. My flesh will kick up. I can get angry. But I've got them, God's got them reins. I can feel myself get angry and I can feel the Spirit of God pull me back down. I can feel the Spirit of God pull me back. Because if you let emotion govern you, you're going to shipwreck. We've got to reach that place. The Spirit of God's got the reins of our hearts. Amen. Can't move in emotion. Can't move in emotion. Can't move in anger. Can't move in upsetness. Can't move in vexation of spirit. I'm going to tell you, I've seen times that my spirit would get vexed, and it'd be the spirit of God. I mean, it'd get vexed about unrighteousness. And I've got to hold myself, Sister Deborah, because I know if I get in righteous indignation and I get angry about something, and I know the spirit of God stirred me up, I don't watch myself, I start speaking. God's going to honor that word that's in me. 
so I can't let my flesh get in the way. The hardest thing to do when you're in a trial is filter all the stuff that comes through your mind. against the working of the Spirit of God. you got to filter it out. It's like going down the interstate the wrong way and dodging everything coming in your path. I'm serious. You start, you start dealing with things, you start dealing with trials, you start dealing with upsetness, and things start coming. The warfare's here. The warfare's here. And you've got to filter out what's right, what's wrong, what's the Spirit of God, and what is not. Amen? You've got to filter it out. You've got to filter it out. And you've got to know that's the reason the Lord has taught us after I teach you, be still. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still. Because I've seen people get mad. I've seen them get upset when I first come to the Lord. I was around people. They'd get angry about something. they start prophesying judgment on people. Wasn't the more God. But see, I didn't know no better then. But the Lord started teaching. You can't let your spirit get angry. You can't let yourself get upset and let emotion govern you. And then speak judgment on somebody or vexation or vengeance on them. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He said, I'll repay See, you've got to have that Word of God in you. You've got to have that relationship, that prayer with you. And you've got to filter it out against everything that's coming at you. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're what? Mighty through God. See, when you weigh that thing out and you be still and you let God filter all that, the Spirit of God filter all that stuff out of your spirit. Your mind gets clear. Your thoughts get clear. Your spirit comes at peace and rest. Then you can speak. Then you can speak. Then you can have direction and know what God wants out of your life and know what God wants to work in your life. But you can't fight, and y'all heard me say this time after time after time, you can't fight a spiritual battle in a carnal mind. And so many times we let emotion, upsetness, and vexation of spirit get a hold of us. And a lot of it's just religion. A lot of it's just religion. We think we the apple of God's eye. And God's going to fight and take care of us. Yeah, he will, but he's going to let you go through some things too. Amen? Y'all heard me say many times, but if God ain't going to let you go through nothing, Paul showed got the short end of the stick, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, what did he say? Shipwreck, beat, stone, beat with rods, cold, hungry, thirsty, Three times a shipwreck, a day and a night I floated in the deep. Can you imagine Paul floating out there in the ocean saying, all right, God, where you at? I'm a child of God. I ain't supposed to be floating out here in the deep, shivering and freezing and hungry and thirsty. But Paul said, day and a night I floated in the deep. He said, wherever I go, if I go out in the country, I'm in, I'm in peril of the, them in the country. If I go in the city, I'm in peril of them in the city. He said, even my own brother want to fight with me over what I preach. Everywhere Paul went, read it. Read, read the book of Acts 13 through about 21. Everywhere Paul went, somebody stirred the Jews up wherever he was, rose persecution against him. A lot of times he had to flee to another city because he didn't, they didn't like him preaching against the law. He was a fault man, but he stood. 
He stood for Christ. Amen. Time to stand. Time to take a stand against false doctrine. Because you're going to see God. I tell you, you've got to turn loose on this generation. The Lord told us he'd turn our government upside down, but he's <laughs> Woo. But the Lord also said he'd move the people that would hinder a work into the Spirit of God in this nation. When I first come to LJ, I preached it at your house. The Lord said, I'm going to pull down, I'm going to pluck up, I'm going to destroy. Everything's going to hinder the true move of God. What did the Lord tell us right here when I was on my knees the day before the eclipse? I saw that sun getting blocked out. And the Lord said, all the doctrines and traditions that's been wrong, all the darkness that it's brought in, he said, it's going to be just like that eclipse going in. He said, I'm going to blot out all them doctrines. He said, when the light starts coming back in, he said, I'm going to bring in new light. I'm going to bring in new revelation. I'm going to, has God not brought in new revelation, new word? God's preparing us. God's preparing us. I'll get you the notes. I didn't have time. I, got, I think they're laying back here on the printer, but all this is in the notes. But see, what we got to do is stay steadfast. We can't be moved. Doesn't matter what comes, you can't be moved. Amen. You can't be moved. Paul wrote one place and he said, don't let these afflictions move you. Don't let what's going on in your life move you. Don't let it break your relationship with God. Stay steadfast. Stay rooted. You root something. You plant a bush in your front yard, Sister Kathy. You ain't going to come out there in the morning. It's going to be somewhere else. It's going to be rooted. It's going to be rooted. Amen. God said, get rooted. Get grounded. Get settled. And get established. Lord sent me to establish you in this faith. That's what he sent me here for. He sent me to establish you. The people that's come in this church and left this church that didn't want to sit under this word probably filled this church up twice. People that's told me this coming going stand with this word and fight for it and support it would fill it up again. That's all right. Somebody gonna prevail. Somebody coming forth. We are well able. I remember when God spoke that sister Kathy said, We're well able to possess the land. Amen. We're well able. We're well able. Amen. Y'all appreciate this word today? Let's stand. Because I'm going to tell you, the spirit of Elijah stepping on the scene. I saw it this morning. Man, my spirit got grieved this morning. If I'd have went on in prayer, they ain't going to tell him what God would have. But see, I've learned to temper these things. Now, I may get home and get in prayer, and this thing busts loose in my spirit. If it busts loose in my spirit, at least y'all ain't in the line of fire. Sometimes I'll get to praying. She, she said, oh, God, which way do I go? But she's learned to deal with it because the Lord put us together. But the Lord put her with this word and this spirit to temper what's fixing to come forth in her life. I'm telling you, y'all don't know. You're getting ready to see a Moses step on the scene. Tell the earth to swallow up God's enemies. This generation fixes to be shocked what they're going to see.
fixing to be shot. I was fixing to pull the Holy Ghost out and heart decay like he did when your mama got it. I'm telling you, he's going to bring it back. He's going to bring it back, lay a foundation in church, and he's taking it forward. But people, people start getting something they people ain't had, they ain't never had. I remember the Lord gave me the visitation. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to bring it to a close. When I seen that outpouring of the Holy Ghost in 93, of the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire, the Lord spoke to me and said, I ain't done this in any generation since the day of Pentecost. I don't care what people say. I don't care what they tell you about an outpouring. I don't care what they say, how God's moved. The Lord told me in 93. He said, since I poured this out on the day of Pentecost, I ain't never poured out in the earth like this before again. That's the only time God's poured the Holy Ghost out with the Holy Ghost and fire was on the day of Pentecost. He never done it that way again. Hadn't poured it out since. But I saw it in 93, fixing to follow on this young generation. The Lord told me to fix and follow on us. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost fix and follow like we ain't had since the day of Pentecost. One, it's got to bring back the foundation. Got to bring back five ministries to govern the church and lead God's people. The God's people right now ain't got any leadership. Amen. Whether you agree with me or you don't, there's no leadership in the church. People don't know what to do. Pastors don't know what to do. Preachers don't know what to do. But God's got a word. It's going to lead us, going to guide us, and going to direct us. Amen. He got a word. I appreciate this word today. I hope y'all do. Let's pray for God to put this in our hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, put this in our hearts, Lord. We're moving into the things that are turning the things upside down. Lord, I saw that spirit of Elijah again this morning step on the scene. I felt the spirit of God in me, Lord, cry out and call it forth. God, something's happening. By your word and by your spirit, something's happening, Master. Give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the heart to understand what the Spirit's speaking to the church. In Jesus' name, amen. And I, all you people out there watching this on live stream, I urge you to support this word. Be with us. Help us. Help send it forward. Because I'm going to tell you, this word's starting to go in Africa and it's starting to go in India. And I need your help. So if you'll support this word, you can go to our website. You're right there watching anyway. Should be posted our, our email, our mailing address. Should be able to contribute there through PayPal. And also, we've got a donate button on the World Revivals page if you go to our website now. And it's everything should be there on the screen. But you can donate right there uh, on Facebook and on our website. So help me get this word out. God bless you. And I want you here to pray with me.